Hello, and welcome to another episode of Homebrew Schmombrew. I'm your host, Elmer, and I am here with the other host, Rodney, as usual. Hey, Rodney, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. How's it going over there? It's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's always a great day when I get to uh, record an episode, so I'm interested to see what we're going to talk about today, which uh, our guest today is John Good, and we're going to talk a little bit about gaming and movies and tv shows and all sorts of other media so uh rodney what's the what's the newest movie you've seen or most recent movie you've seen oh gosh you put me on the spot uh let me check my uh wonderful list i have of the the bad movies that i've currently done the last movie i watched with me and my buddies was drunken dragon and uh and- yeah, kung fu, kung fu galore. I'm sure it's a cinematic masterpiece that everyone but me has seen. So, can you describe it a little bit? No, because <laughs> the plot was so incoherent. It just it it was one of those movies that wasn't actually a movie. It was just connecting scenes that didn't connect to anything. It was just chaos, and uh, it was about 90 minutes of lots of kicking and punching. And there was um, a guy in a rowboat that shot out darts, which was the whole reason we got it. If you follow me on uh, on Dr. Zago on Twitter, I think I retweeted a picture or a picture, a gif, a gif, a gaff, a gif of it. Yeah. So that that was that was one. Uh, let, me, let me see if I got anything that's uh, before that. It was Santa with muscles. So <laughs> you see, we're doing some of the cinematic cinematic masterpieces yeah i think the most recent movie i saw was a a documentary about uh queen elizabeth's husband that jan was watching if that counts um otherwise the most recent movie i watched was a creep show one which (laughs) classic one of my all-time favorites well we also saw if you want modern we saw fantastic beasts one and two at my mom's house oh yeah that's right jan just uh chimed in that was the schmuzbin's disembodied voice if you could hear it (laughs) um we just recently saw uh, fantastic beasts 2 the crimes of grindelwald which uh I had some opinions about like there were some very strong narrative problems with that movie but uh I guess that'll happen when you're trying to drain every dime out of your franchise. Uh, speaking of dra- draining every dime out of your franchise, hi, John Good. Hello, hello. But uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I did want to tell you on air that uh, last season your episode was the most popular, so you can dunk on everyone else. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't listen to it over and over again um, <laughs> in the dark with my shirt off. I, that never happened. Um, uh, just opening different platforms so you know it'll count more than once. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Set up a bot farm to do it. <laughs> so, well, uh, very humbling. what movie have you seen most recently? Uh, I just watched The Batman, I want to say, a couple nights ago. Oh, that's the new one with uh, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. How oh, yeah. was it? Uh, not everybody liked it. I loved it. It uh, the movie itself was very good. It's more of a thriller than anything. Uh, the Riddler is my favorite Batman villain, so I was kind of hit and miss on how they did him. Like, I get what they did. I don't mind it too much. I didn't butt up against it. 
but I'm really excited for if they do more the direction that they take because the direction that's going is kind of my favorite version of Batman. Not to spoil anything, but I can see that extrapolated out to being very good. So, so I, was it. There, I recommend it. Was the Riddler like uh, classic Riddler or like the uh, 90s? What was it? John Kerry? No. Jim, Jim <laughs> Carrey uh, uh, Riddler. Uh, definitely not the Jim Carrey Riddler. Uh, uh, it's it's hard to say. A good chunk of the movie, and it's, by the way, it's like a three and a half hour movie, so be prepared. Uh, for the majority of the movie, like, he's, you don't get any in him, like, interacting with people one-on-one, -on -one, like, in a personal, most of his stuff is monologuing, so you don't, and a lot of it's very manic and psychotic, and it's a Bit more a lot of people have been comparing it to Heath Ledger's Joker, which I don't, I don't see um, really in any way. But in the, some of the few moments where he kind of has like his one on ones with Batman, you kind of get that old. I want to say like this almost hints of that, you know, the '60s Batman Riddler of just kind of like. Why doesn't Batman dance anymore? Remember the <laughs> Batusi? Oh, Adam, we remember the bat ladder. <laughs> I, remember. I have to ask though: uh, Do we see the uh, the Wayne parents uh, get brutally murdered after they take their son to see the latest Ace Ventura movie? No, it's talked about a good bit, but it's not like we don't have the dramatic slow reveal of Joe Cool in the shadows, or the dramatic music, and the the you know the the pearl necklace breaking and sharing the ground in slow motion no none of that it's i will say the batman we have is batman very little bruce wayne in there like he still hasn't figured out really how to be that duality but i'm excited to see where which direction they take in the future okay cool so it sounds like a uh, fun family experience that you'd recommend no. other people see the movie. I recommend other people see it. I wouldn't recommend. Well, maybe kids would like it. I don't know. There's there's a fair bit of murder in there. So. It's good for them to sensitize them young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I got I, you know thinking about it, it's really not any worse than you know watching Dick Tracy as a kid. So. Eh. Oh man, I remember being so bored when that was on at the drive-in <laughs> when I was a kid. I know. Right? I was like cool that's he has a watch with a with a microphone on it i want to say they did it as like a double feature with who framed roger rabbit when i was a kid and i, I was very confused <laughs> uh so rodney any thoughts on uh the new batman movie uh no i have nothing i haven't, I haven't seen it yet it's it's on my to-do list <laughs> Maybe in a few episodes I'll have some comments, but no, I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. So ah, when they'll be most relevant. So, yes, uh, yes, <laughs> a couple years down the line. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, so, finally watched it. Uh, so as uh, the listeners uh, may or may not know, since apparently the listens were all from John quietly alone <laughs> listening to his episode over and over again, uh, we did speak to John last season and uh, talked to him a little bit about his gaming experience. So. You know, following the new format that we've uh, that we've adopted for this season, we're going to just check in with him real quick about uh, 
what's been going on in his gaming life and then talk about a special topic which in this case it's going to be uh gaming movies and uh we're defining that super broadly so it can include any kind of uh movie about gaming culture see uh you know gamers 2 darkness rising or knights of badassery or uh it can also be any kind of movie uh, like that would make sense in the gaming sphere like i'm thinking the dungeons and dragons movie or like uh the conan the barbarian movies from the 90s like any kind of media that makes sense for a game i think altered carbon if you're thinking of shadow run so uh it's going to be a big discussion um but, uh, you know, before we jump in there, uh, John, what are you excited about in the gaming world? In the game world, what I'm most excited about? Oh, I might date this this podcast a little bit, but just a couple days ago, Wizards of the Coast announced they're releasing some new content, of all things. Uh, and they're actually going back to the well with, uh, we talked about last time, some Spelljammer. They're actually getting some love, which is exciting. They're also doing some uh, good old-fashioned Dragon Lance, which is really cool. Yeah, I was proven totally wrong. I think I said it on air last time that I didn't think Spelljammer was ever going to come out. They were just going to do little shout-outs, mm-hmm. and uh, here it is coming out. So are you super excited about playing a Space Pirate or running a uh, Space Pirate game? Oh, I'm going to run, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know what. I'll probably do like the little 64 adventure they have with it. Which should be good. As long as I have, you know, the tools to do something with it, I'm fine. I'm not one of those people complaining, oh, you're only paying for 90 pages a book. I'm like, that's all I need, man. I don't know. Well, the thing when you, you when you look at RPG books, like, the value really is the content. And almost all the RPG books I've purchased, when you look at, like, how long we get entertainment out of them it ends up being a good buy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you... Like, the Fate of Cthulhu book. I've been running a Fate of Cthulhu game that's only, like, a quarter of the way done. And we've already gotten 12-ish hours of gameplay out of it. And the book Mm -hmm. was only 20 bucks. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a... Well, a little over $1.50 an hour, and that's just for me. Like, as opposed to... You know, going to see a movie is going to be much more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, like, I want to say I ran The Rise of Tiamat kind of adventure arc, which was, you know, two different books. And altogether, that cost, uh, I think they were like 30 bucks each or something like that. So it's like 60 bucks. I had to have milked that for 80 hours. It's it's good value, and they weren't the longest of books, and it's not like they're packed wall to wall with new, new f- monsters and creatures and all that stuff. It's like I just need a good adventure, and I you you can you can string that out for a good long while. But you said that the Spelljammer book's only going to be ninety pages long, is what they said. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, there's three books. There's a general campaign setting for like your players and for you would like to get familiar with Spelljammer. There's going to be a bestiary with monsters. It's uh, that, yeah, just is filled with like monsters. And then there's a adventure book and each one I want to say is like 65 to 70 pages. Okay. And then it, and then it's a box set and it comes with a, a new screen and a poster 
and it's like 90 bucks i think they were saying i hope it has some of those like uh like they always had like the extras like the the card stock things that came with all the second edition box sets yeah i, I don't think we're getting that i hope there's something yeah. on card stock just i know right just give me something like the stats for this the fire breathing space hamster or something mm-hmm. yeah um, well we're getting that i think but we're not getting you know a cardboard cut out of a giant space hamster which is sad really oh. you hear that rpg twitter like this is this is the icon we need somebody somebody figure out the uh the pattern for the fire breathing space hamster <laughs> mm -hmm. was the um, space hammer's fire breathing was that a thing yeah it was i don't know the, about fire breathing yeah it was on the back of one of the books it was like yes virginia there are fire breathing flying space hamsters i thought they were just <laughs> big i thought that was just the just a big well, why just have a big hamster when you can have a fire-breathing hamster? I mean, it is in space. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, more power too. <laughs> oh my god! What? I, I just remember when I was younger. Like, one of the things they talked about was an iron golem with its own uh, air envelope that it filled up with a stinking cloud ability. So it's basically a giant farting robot out in space. <laughs> uh, delightful. What were you going to say? Um, I guess they're making some changes as wizards these days are want to do with the campaign setting, both for Spelljammer and I probably imagine for Curran, uh, Dragonlance that is. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, have, they, have they said what spell, I mean, is Spelljammer when it originally came out was the whole gimmick was, oh, we're going to link our, you know, products together, Dragonlance, Forgotten Realms, et cetera, et cetera. Is that what they're doing now, or is it just are they just like okay, you're going to space? Uh, no, it. I mean, it's still that, but it used to be that you know every world had its own you know crystal sphere of wild space. Like for the Forgotten Realms, it was realm space, which is this big crystal sphere that enveloped like you know the section of the universe or the galaxy it's in. And then in between it, you had like this highly flammable gas called the Phlogiston, and basically. It was like this mist in between all these spheres, and you know, part of Spelljammer was navigating it without, you know, getting blown up. I guess I think they did it in fourth edition. I wasn't paying too much attention when they did it in fourth edition, but they kind of replaced the Flugston with the Astral Sea, which what that means I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. It doesn't really bust my chops either way. I'll be fine, but uh, I'm curious. Well, it's one of those things like. If I get the new edition and I'm not a huge fan of a change, I'll just change it back. Like, they aren't mm -hmm. gonna send the wizards police to my to my game table to break it up, you know? Yeah, Jimmy Crawford ain't gonna kick in your window and start demanding that you roll, you know, three dice. I don't know. Two, something. I, I I could do that. Like, you know, lure him there so I could get a couple. Uh, couple autographs i could see that working <laughs> they did send the wizard sheriff after you one time he showed up if i remember right yeah but you know it was one of those uh sessions where we baked food we had food so i just gave him a couple lemon bars and everything was fine <laughs> sarah's um, love lemon bars <laughs> uh you know what do you th what are your thoughts on Dragonlance? are you excited about that coming out again uh, you know, I never really got too into Dragonlance. I think I've read the first book a long time ago. Um, I played the old 
you know, TSR computer games, yeah. which were an absolute delight. So I'm, I'm very familiar with kind of the concept, but I don't know well, if I'd ever run Dragonlance, maybe, but I, I don't think I'm the most knowledgeable person to, to do it. I will say I have an old second edition Dragonlance adventure around here somewhere, but it was it was awesome. It, I just reading through it, I was like, man, this is rad. I, uh, they actually they actually just released the um, not just but I'm dating this again. They re-released all the TSR Gold Box games and all of those adjacent games onto uh-huh. modern platform on uh, Steam. You can get uh-huh. them all together for forty bucks if you ever feel like you know getting your graph paper out and going to pull radiance again. <laughs> oh, let me pull radiance. I have all those on. I think it's good old games. Oh yep, yep, yep. yep. They've, they've been out for years, but this I think I think they may have modern done something to them to make them worth it. I don't know. I didn't look into them. I, I thought about it, and then I realized, no, nah, I probably won't play these. So <laughs> I got for the Dragonlance ones. There's there's three in the series. There was Champions of Kryn, Death Knights of Kryn, and then Dark Queen, I believe. I got all the way through the first two and like halfway through the third one, and it I just hit a wall. Because at the beginning of every game, they keep taking away my Dragonlance, Elmer. I need that Dragonlance. Oh, man. And you worked so hard for it. That's not right. I worked so hard for it. And then uh, then the dwarf starts hitting his max levels, and my, my, my human's 800 years old because I keep resurrecting him, and he keeps aging, and or I keep casting haste on him, and he keeps getting older, and he just dies. Oh. That was that was the name of the game back then. You know, they'd be like, "Okay, yeah, you can you can import your characters from older games," but inevitably, every single game you import your characters in, boom, up oh, all your equipment's gone. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Or congrats, we uh, you didn't look it up because we didn't have this, nope. but because uh, it wasn't going to be relevant in the last game. But you have a max level for your character with this class. Congrats. Uh, that was the worst rule in second edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You're, uh, what? You're, uh, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I want to say your elf could be a ninth level fighter at the best. Why weren't the elves always being conquered by everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because they have no cap to their wizard level, right? Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure they did. It was like 16 or 17, but, uh, you know, that's a lot better than everybody else's cap for wizard, except human. Yeah, like it wasn't that, a half-elf and humans were the only ones that could get max. Yeah, that was the the real reason to play a human in second ed. If you knew the campaign was going to last a long time, you got the unlimited level advancement in every class. Well, we've we've mentioned, you know, most DMs, would, most DMs that we know just ignored that rule. Just, you know, threw it out. Hmm. It's like, yeah, your 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 elf is much more powerful than a human at low levels, but not not the point. Where I'm looking at my Dark Queen of Kryn journal book that has the maximum level by race and class. Yeah, like a human can be a max level paladin. Uh, one of the two kinds of elves can actually be a paladin, but only goes to the twelfth level. A dwarf can be a paladin, but only the eighth level, and nobody else can. Uh, you know, my favorite part was like they introduced some optional rules in the DMG in second edition to try to get around that. And their advice was if the character has an exceptional attribute, 
Like, your mm-hmm. fighter has a strength over 16, and they're a dwarf. Mm-hmm. Like, they could advance past the level cap, but you should just charge them two or three times the amount of experience necessary for each level after that. It, it, when, mm-hmm. it, the question is why it's it's not like the dwarf bonuses were like all powerful. If I'm hey, right. on a roll of one or two on a one d six, I could detect a uh, change in the grade or uh, in, uh, elevation of a passageway underground. That is totally worth a few million <laughs> experience points. And your I, uh, yeah, I just had that exact. The exact situation pop up uh, a couple weeks ago. I was running for uh, friends of the channel, uh, Brandon Bushline and Brandon Caldenero. I was running our other game and ended up being we were the only three. So I ran them through a old D and basic adventure, oh. <laughs> and uh, one of the Brandons played a dwarf, and I'm describing his abilities. He goes, "Whoopee." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> cool I'm like hey don't knock it the uh some of those second ad racial abilities were like mm-hmm. they were nice to have mm-hmm. don't get me wrong I'd rather have them than not have them but the idea that you would never get above like six level spells because you had them mm-hmm. eh. <laughs> I will I'll, I'll top you because that I, I'm not a big fan of that rule but like you Ooh, said John. there are ways around it what You'll top me. <laughs> if you're lucky and you pay for dinner. Um, yeah. Where's I going with that? Sorry. Oh, the, 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 now you got me all a flutter, Elmer. Um, yeah, you have your max level, but like you said, you know, there's kind of some ways around that, or you can just ignore it. And then you have things like one of the big powerful things for non-humans is they could go into a multi-class where you can be like a fighter and a thief or a fighter, a mage and a thief. And you level them all up evenly. But if you're a human, you can dual class, which is different. But you have to meet certain requirements. And then basically say, I hit eighth level of fighter and I want to be a wizard now because I have high intelligence. I then am no longer a fighter. I get my hit points, but nothing else. And I become a, a piddly little first level wizard with my one spell. And then you have to level up wizard until you hit eighth level. And then you get your fighter abilities again. And any adventure in which you used one of your fighter abilities, you would get Mm -hmm. just one experience point instead of the total Mm -hmm. experience for the adventure. Mm -hmm. That was the that was the most fun part of that to me. Mm -hmm. When whenever that rule came in, it just seemed like anybody that I know that played with it would just very casually dip early, so you get a lot Mm -hmm. of like warrior two mage two kind of things that's as far mm-hmm. as anybody would go because they didn't want to put up with that because it's such bs but unless you really wanted to play a bard or like really really wanted to play a bard which i don't remember the specifics we had to have like oh what was it like something like eight levels of fighter eight levels of wizard a certain number of levels of thief a certain number of levels of druid and then oh. you could become a bard. So you're talking AD&D, not 2nd edition. Yes, I was going way back. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking 2nd edition. Second I don't edition, know if that rule is the same in AD&D or not. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I'm... I, I, I was kind of a Dragonlance fanboy. Like, I have enjoyed the 5th uh, Age game when it came out with the cards that mm-hmm. was pretty much universally panned. Um... <laughs> 
Like, I'm super excited to see that come back out. Uh, like, I know it's going to be one of those things that, like, I pick up and think about that, and I'm not going to end up playing it until, like, ten years from now, just because there's other stuff in the hopper. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of ties into what we're talking about today with Dragonlance, because they came out with a Dragonlance movie. Oh, Oh, that thing. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> when we lived at the house, I actually had the, I bought the DVD of it from Walmart mm-hmm. and made everybody watch it. Were you there for that? Yes. And it, it will forever be burned into my brain. <laughs> oh, man. The worst of like budget 2000s animation. <laughs> and we're talking budget. It was uh, it was such it was so baffling. Why did they make that? And then, <laughs> long past Dragon Lance's relevance, just uh, bonkers, just crazy. I, I feel like it had to be like a half-hearted attempt to try to get people back into the setting. But the thing is, they they made the budget so low that it was so terrible that I don't think it would have encouraged anybody to play. Mm-hmm. And it no. was. It was like word for word from that first book too, and it's just, I'm like, if I can say anything, it's it's mostly faithful, except I have Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> as he's Raceland, right? Yes, <laughs> he, he was. And I personally it, would have gone for Christian Slater as Raceland. I mean, you're not wrong. Emilio Estevez as a uh, as Caramon. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine Molly Ringwald as Riverwind? Or Kitty Era. Uh, Molly Ringwald as Kitty Era would be amazing. Uh, Burt Reynolds as Sturm. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. We're not even joking around. That's literally... No. Just fit the time machine. Go back to 1991 and make this happen somehow. No, most yeah, people... Most people don't know this, but Burt Reynolds actually was a Knight of Salmania. <laughs> Oh, I know, right? <laughs> totally true D and D facts. <laughs> uh, River Phoenix as uh, the Kender. Oh, Tasselhoff. Tasselhoff. I don't or know. Hasselhoff. That kind of has big Corey Feldman energy to it for me. Yeah, a bit of mouth in there. Yeah. Oh, but oh uh, my God. yeah, so that was definitely how not to do an animated RPG movie. <laughs> uh, Correct. But, uh, highly, rec- highly recommended, actually. You you should, you should go out of your way to view it just yeah, uh, to have the experience. But make it a double prepared. feature with fire and ice and <laughs> wizards you're off to the races and wizards and wizards. Yep, and Lord of the Rings, the cartoon, quote unquote. The sad thing about the Lord of the Rings cartoon was that the Hobbit cartoon and so the Return good. of the King uh, cartoon were both done by. Uh, Rankin and Bassin were great. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they did Lord of the Rings by Ralph Bakshi, and it was just awful. <laughs> like, it, the, uh, the hand-painted, the hand-painting over, like, real... The like, rotoscoping? ...film was, like, was a choice. Like, the, point, the part of the movie you can point to and say, and that's where they ran out of money. The only the, part of that movie I remember liking when I was a kid was the, uh... The horses in the lake, not Lake River, mm-hmm. when they're in Rivendell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no. Just stick with the Hobbit movie. That's pretty good. 
Well, I mean, The Return of the King has that where there's a whip, there's a way song that just slaps. <laughs> True. Well, heavy uh, metal had heavy metal. Yeah. Insane. Oh, man. Oh, Everyone's oh, favorite, man. like, horrifically sexist animated 80s movie. Oh, yeah. I highly uh, recommend watching it, and I, I fully endorse being offended. Uh, it's it bad. But it captures it a, aged well. It capture, captures a tone. Mm-hmm. Um, Very much so. The, you know, minus the, the gratuitous breasts, like the South Park episode nailed it perfectly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Like, but, but I did enjoy the tone of some of the stories in that, especially the, mm-hmm. uh, the one with the, uh, was it the World War II planes? Mm-hmm. Where everyone was turned into, like, a zombie, so, like, zombies driving fighter jets. Great. I've heard it described as the most twenty-five unemployed 25-year-old slacker movie of all time. Just, like, something that your older brother out of high school who doesn't have a job would show you. Like, like that, that's described the movie. And oh, that was perfect. if you've seen Onward, you know that Barley, the older brother, watches watched heavy metal. <laughs> He had it on DVD or whatever that world's equivalent of DVD would be. I keep meaning to see that movie. I haven't yet. It was actually, it was pretty enjoyable. Like, uh, I mean, of course, you know, it's a kid's movie, so you can't like do the math too much or it doesn't really add up. But like, there were a lot of moments that were enjoyable and there were like a call out, like any movie that actually has a gelatinous cube show up. I'm a fan of. Or Beholder. Which is my, why my first recommendation is not my list, but I'm going to just say it. Big Trouble Little China. Oh, man, that is a that, that, that is another uh, great one that I feel like we have to put a cultural warning on now. Oh, absolutely. It's bad. The best line from it, like, in my opinion, and I've used this in multiple things, is the world did not put it here for you to get it, Mr. Burton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh. Oh yeah, I agree. I, that's not my number one recommendation, but I do recommend it. It's a very, it's a fun movie. Again, culture warning. It's there's see, yeah. See, when you said Beholder, I instantly thought of the Futurama episode with the bureaucrats. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love that Beholder. They've had some great D and D references in uh in Futurama. Oh, Al Gore, I want to be a level twenty president. <laughs> Futurama, uh, you know, was definitely written by nerds. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. My favorite was in uh, Bender's game when they had the die of power where you rolled and random things happened. Like, uh-huh. that was so old school game when you'd have the random charts for everything. Like, uh-huh. it makes me think of the Wand of Wonder chart where uh, yep. it was just a hundred random things that would happen. <laughs> What the, what was the the deck of uh, something something? Many and things. Many things. Is that it? And every mm-hmm. fifty two card would give you a, either a good or a bad, depending. So there was. Oh, all kind. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. Whatever you pick. Seven, just cr- yeah. crazy stuff too. Just game changing stuff. Just just yeah. you know suddenly suddenly uh, your gender is reversed and you've lost six strength. It's like oh okay. You or, inherited a keep. Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> I think you don't my, have any con points. Good luck. I think my favorite one was death appears to kill you. 
and uh, they didn't give any stats for it or anything. But, you know, in a supplement, you found the stats for death, and it's not corrected for level or anything. Like, if you pull it, nope. like, and you're less than, like, 15th level, you just dead. Like... Yeah, and if any of your friends help you, another one pops up for them. Yes. <laughs> uh, my favorite was, uh, uh, you've drawn the ire of a powerful evil being. So let that let that rest. And then it might be fun, um... On a podcast one day, Elmer, just to, for us to go through every card and read, read the read the insanity. <laughs> I had that. I had that magical item and so many campaigns when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like and then you, some, grow, you get older and realize I don't. Even if I'm a player, I don't want to deal with that. Well, really. and like, if you actually like, you know, the first card you draw out of it, like, it's your feeling daring. You're like, dare I? Like, what if something great yes. happens? And then if something bad doesn't happen, then it's like crack. Like, everyone has to draw more. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> until something bad happens. Uh, until somebody has all of their magical things taken away. And somebody else gets uh. all of the magical things ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. Have oh. we had the deck of many things show up in a... Show up in any media? I can't think of any movies that have had it in it. No, I think it might be a little bit too obscure. So most, let's, uh, most media uh, kind of it's it's always tarot cards. It seems like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the magic card thing. I really loved how Ogre Battle did the tarot cards. I just played Ogre Battle the other day on a whim. Oh, how great was it? Not. I mean, it's all right. I forgot how stupid like a lot of the mechanics were, but it wasn't bad. It was fun. Just it gets to the point that every level is so long. And just make sure that if you are have a super powerful, you know, leader, they don't fight anybody. Yeah, don't use them. Don't use them. <laughs> well, why? Oh, because everything's lower level than you. Well, wouldn't that be a good thing? You know, you'd think so, but that's, it's not. That's how you get assassinated at the end of the game. <laughs> exactly. So don't use uh -oh. them. Okay, they actually yeah. just, um, I think, in uh, Square Enix or whoever owns the IP now, just announced that they're they're rebooting Ogre Battle. So I'm interested in seeing a modern take on it. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Yeah, that could be great. Um, you know, but to get back to the topic a little bit here, <laughs> John, what is your yes. number one favorite gaming movie? That's actually an exceptionally easy movie for me, and I have a lot I really like. But uh, it's a movie I don't think a whole lot of people know about. I'm sure there's enough of a following, but it's called Gamers Darkness Rising. It's a small indie film from about, I'd say, late 2000s, mid 2000s. Yeah, it would I'd have say. to be. Yeah, they use 3.5 in that. but uh, And it is the, it's actually a sequel to another indie movie they made before it. And I haven't seen it, but I hear it's all right. But Darkness Rising is easily the most... I've never felt more seen in a <laughs> film in my entire life because it, it follows a group of gamers. Uh, you know, they, uh, there's three of them and they're going through like this adventure that the DM is running and they keep coming across, you know, this kind of brick wall and it's them bringing in new people to try to defeat this adventure because they have a reputation for always beating the adventure. And it's also, you know, this whole thing of 
the DM trying to like, you know, figure out how he wants, if this is actually the kind of the adventure he wants to run, how he wants to finish it. And there's, it, it's just very well written. And then it kind of flops between them sitting at a table playing them outside a game. And then they also play their characters in the adventure. And it's easily one of the funniest movies having to do with gaming. I have gotten at least two people that I can recall off the top of my head into playing D&D from that from showing them that movie i i know that uh we've watched it together a couple times at oh, least yeah. and uh I, I think probably my favorite thing about this particular movie is that uh they do a lot when it's the narrative and they have the like actual characters from the game doing the game but when something happens it's like breaking immersion they either cut to the table or have something happen in the world that that makes it obvious. Like the one I can think of is the uh, the guy who makes the flame sorceress and uh, the wild magic, and it's Sorcerer. played the wild by mage. the wild mage character is played by a woman, and all the scenes where she's actually acting, you know, just like a wild mage uh, character. But whatever the uh, the guy playing her just does something that's just out of character or nonsensey. It switches out the uh, mm -hmm. the female actress for the actor who's playing her, and it's mm -hmm. it's just pretty. Wear funny. the same dress, like, the yeah. same outfit, skippy clothing. Yeah, it's a uh, so it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, that that I think that's kind of a fun, fun send up because they do it a lot when he's being sexist. Oh yeah, definitely. Like or hitting on the other woman in the party, quote unquote, the other female character, and it's like a man could get lost in your eyes, and she's like, "Yeah, a man could." I have to remind you, you're a woman, and it like just snaps it back to the other actress. Uh, my favorite part of that is uh, they have a bar, a guy who's playing a bard, but he's never played a bard before, and they're like, "Well, what do we know about this evil we had to fight?" And he goes, uh, "He's a servant of evil, and that's all I know." And they all just kind of stare at him. He goes. Oh yeah, Bardic Knowledge. And like a hand comes in from off screen handing him a cue card and he starts reading it to read up all the lore. And it's, I, it's delightful. I, I love with that particular gag when he doesn't read all of it, so they do the little cough off screen. And one of the the because the DM has a DMPC in there is like flip over the card. And he's like, ah yes. <laughs> and it addresses the paladin running around with evil people. Look at this interesting oh, yeah. rustic architecture. <laughs> yeah. I'm not evil. Uh, I'm chaotic neutral. You're evil and a whore. Just... <laughs> and, you know, it's it's it doesn't sound great, but it's also just people ripping on each other. So, But honestly, the real world stuff has a really pretty good story to it. There is a surprising amount of tension and drama towards the end. It's not the best producer acted movie ever, I'd say. But, but even like the in-game story has like you know has a bit to it that's actually kind of touching but i think they lean into that like they realize what they're doing and mm -hmm. somehow the uh the acting not being amazing works really well for the subject matter since it's about you know a role-playing game where it's a bunch of people sitting around who aren't trained actors kind of acting mm-hmm and you get all uh, you actually get a pretty good selection of characters or players at least types we i had known back then 
of you know kind of the guy who takes it very seriously the guy who doesn't take the kid who doesn't take it seriously at all uh, oh, the dude who I love yeah, for the first time ever is playing outside of his wheelhouse of just a fighter I loved the guy who uh who was playing the monk character and there was the point when he had memorized the uh the monster manual, monster manual. and he's like reciting it and every time he gets it wrong his friends hitting him with a whip yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Rodney, have you seen this movie? No, I have not. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. I'm going to put you uh, as a stand-in for the listeners. Do you have any uh, questions or uh, concerns about this movie? No, it sounds like an interesting premise. It sounds like something I really enjoy. No, it's, it's just it hasn't popped up on my radar. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's on, like, like Elmer said, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. I know it's on YouTube. Not the highest quality, but it's passable. Uh, I believe you said that there are additional sequels that I haven't seen. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of sequels, actually, now I think about it. Uh, there's a... Because Darkness Rising is the first sequel to the original Gamers game. Again, I don't know much about it. I uh, haven't seen it. But the third one is kind of a direct sequel to Darkness Rising. It's called Hands of Fate. And it it's set like five or six years later, so they're everybody's a bit older, and it takes place at Gen Con down in Indy. Nice, like like the entire thing, and uh, it kind of revolves around you know the group not being able to meet up to actually finish their campaign, and like they're at the very end, and it just constantly just schedules getting in the way, and it kind of follows one of the players as he's you know dealing with that, and then he kind of. Uh, falls in love with the with the girl who is super into uh, kind of Magic the Gathering, and they're kind of like living world with that game. So he decides to you know learn this game so he can get the girl, but ends up kind of forming a bit more where this guy gets a whole because the guy is a douchebag if I can say that on here, and uh, it's kind of him coming to grips with the fact that he's kind of a jerk and he probably should grow up at some point. And it's a pretty good movie. It has some really funny moments. And then I've seen the fourth one, which is much, much smaller. It's just basically... It's it's very much a game of, uh, of uh, cyberpunk. Yeah, so, you know, thinking about this, like... I haven't seen the third one, so I can't comment on it. The second one really reminded me of... It's what would happen... You know, every game group, I think, has that discussion. Like, man, this game... Our game's so great. We should make it into a book or movie. Like mm-hmm. it feels like they really just did that for for someone's mm-hmm. campaign for at least the second movie. Yeah. There's some uh, there's some good behind the scenes with it because uh, they did like a, a Blu-ray remaster about five or six years ago that I bought. I supported, and it's pretty good stuff about like you know the impetus behind it, how they made it, all that kind of stuff, which is pretty much kind of that these independent filmmaker guys decided that they wanted to, you know, they made the first one. They're like, you know, we can do better. So they went back and made the sequel. Um, and then there's always this talk like Joe Manganiello of always like, he, wa- he wants to make a D&D movie. I'm like, guys, I don't think it's going to get any better than this crappy indie movie. I really don't. It's a it's such a good blend and such a perfect balance. Okay, me. okay, let me pitch something for a minute. Okay, it's a uh, a Dungeons and Dragons movie, but entirely Muppets. Correct? Is no, that what I'm to get no. Oh, a vamp- Vampire the Masquerade. All right, movie. All 
right. Featuring featuring basically Joe Magnello and like the entire cast of True Blood, and okay. all of their characters in it are just extremely poorly done cosplays. So like they're basically playing their characters from the original series, just like the Kmart version of them with all of the like impracticalities of LARPing. Like they resolve okay, everything with rock, paper, scissors. Is it so just them LARPing? Yes. But but they're too talented to, to be bad at LARPing and bad LARPing is what makes it funny. No, no, that the... one question. Does everybody have their own personal stack of three by five note cards? Of course. <laughs> that yeah. That tells what their powers do. Okay. Yeah. I just have um, And I think like if we did it, we would have to have uh Oh, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Eric North, uh, Northman. Uh, oh, um, Skarsgård. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Constantly forgetting what his powers are, so, like, them having to stop in the middle of action for him to shuffle his note cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, LARP. Uh, I think it'd be I actually great. have a couple of, uh, I actually have a couple movies on my list that had to deal with LARPing. Okay, give it to us. Uh, have you guys yeah. seen, uh, the Paul Rudd? Nick Lovin, Stifler movie, uh, Role Models. I've seen about two-thirds of that. Okay. Uh, the kid played by, uh, I forget the actor's name, but McLovin. Oh, man, that kid that... is like the quintessential dork on screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's in the live-action role-play, and actually, like, the climax of the movie revolves around a big LARP battle. I just thought it was, it was, it portrayed LARP in, like, an honestly cool way which is pretty rare at least for when that movie came out well it's kind of was... oh go ahead like i think part of the arc of the movie is that like in the beginning they think it's stupid and uh mm -hmm. like give him crap about it and as the movie progresses they end up getting into it is that part mm -hmm. of it or am i remembering wrong uh yeah i mean i don't know if they ever like fully come around on it but it they, it's definitely not a yeah they kind of come around on it again they kind of embrace it I mean it's still played for laughs but it's played with heart because about sense. about half of the people I know who are really into LARPing now like originally went just to make fun of the LARPers mm -hmm. so I, I think, see that I think that's a real uh, a real thing I also enjoyed uh, in Supernatural when they had the LARP episode <laughs> oh, supernatural! That was a fun bit of meta. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, they just had a LARPers, not super prominent, but in the the Hawkeye movie or TV show that came out on Disney Plus. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's a whole plot point around LARPers, nice. yeah, which was kind of funny. And then also on my list for to do with LARP, have you either of you guys seen Darkon? It's a documentary from like 2005. No, no, but I wish I had. Like, I didn't realize you were going to have so many movies I hadn't heard of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's called Dark On. I've only seen it once, I think, but it's a documentary about you know, LARPers. I want to say up in Minnesota, and it's like a very. It is from like mid to early two thousands, and it was a, a super large like community. But it was it was pretty much just a documentary following one dude as he went. You know, was in this LARP and it's was a very interesting and strangely riveting experience 
I, I can't get into specifics because I don't remember them, but I just remember at one point him being like, him making a, a vibe for like, because he was like leader of like one of the many factions. And it's him like doing political maneuvering with like the other, like, you know, factions. And we're you, talking like hundreds of people. This sounds vaguely involved. familiar. I may have seen it and not remember. Yeah. And it ends up, he made the deal with some uh, dark elves who ended up seven in the back and he ended up losing like this big battle and he got kicked out it's in the movie kind of follows him dealing with like the fact he can't be in this community anymore because he ruffled so many feathers so i'm trying to remember the name of it i'm thinking of a movie and i don't know why that movie made me think of it but it came out in the early 2000s i think and mm, I it was know exactly what you're talking about it was about oh, thanks john um it was about a group of friends and mm-hmm. Um, they had been really into Star Wars, and it was a, it was the movie was set before Episode One came out. Mm-hmm. And fanboys, fanboys, yes, mm-hmm. good job. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? Since you knew the title from my terrible description, do you want to give a better one? <laughs> I mean, if it's Star Wars related, odds are I have a good knowledge of it. Yes, uh, Star Wars was the uh, was a movie made by. I don't remember the director, but it was pretty much a love letter to uh, uh, Star Wars culture before in kind of like the very tail end of that long drought we had between uh, episode six and when episode one came out. Fun fact, a good chunk of like the lore of Star Wars and a good chunk of like the just kind of one of the things that helped that fandom survive that you know almost 20 years or whatever it was was role, was the West End role playing game okay. a lot of the stuff they introduced they introduced through those role playing books I heard that was a really yeah. fun system I think I played it once uh, it's what I've heard too I've never played it oh but regardless uh, the movie basically follows this group who uh, are of these nerds these super handsome and pretty nerds where Jay Baruchel's the ugly guy. Uh, um, or was it Jared Fogel was in that? But anyway, and it's just a very loving kind of nod to that kind of point in time. It's them banding together to go to Skywalker Ranch and basically steal episode one so they can watch it before it comes out. It, it, was, it was fun. It was a good movie. Uh, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. Rodney. Absolutely. Uh, do you have a favorite gaming movie? Uh, he, he, when you told me about the topic this week, I was kind of like, gaming movies? What's And I re- remembered a little 1983, 1982 one called Mazes and Monsters. Tom, <laughs> Hanks, Tom Hanks' first movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Panic, panic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that would be up there just for the historical value and the cheesiness of it. Well, but you know, not saying that I've never seen it, but our listeners may not have seen it. So could you could you give them a brief synopsis? Uh, it's it's been a while. Uh, I believe Tom Hanks is in college and he joins a D and D game, and the D and D game becomes real and he gets sucked in and one of the teens that plays it 
ends up killing themselves. Uh, harp on the real life issue at that time that they supposedly thought there was. Um, I'm probably butchered it, but I think that was the vague, vague description mm-hmm. of it. It's 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 been years. It, it's it's a uh, one of those I've been waiting for a bootleg copy to show up on YouTube, but it hasn't lately. <laughs> I was going to give it a rewatch before this, but we couldn't find a good copy. Well, John, you sound familiar. Can you give us a synopsis? Uh, only only through the cultural zeitgeist, man. I've never actually seen it. I've seen a lot of stilts from it, uh, and I've heard about it. He's pretty much dead on of. Tom Hanks, from what I understand, just introduced to Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm not sure if it does become real or if he just thinks it becomes real. Yeah, yeah. It's, but he it's... like he becomes like super obsessed with it, and it's 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 not a good look. Basically, yeah. a chick track movie, I guess would be. It just makes those me... are. Yeah, those. If you haven't <laughs> seen the, uh, the chick tracks for Dark Dungeon, like they're pretty hilarious. Um. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just thinking about the Satanic Panic, and you know, oh, yeah. it's awesome that our hobby made it through it because, like, that was actually a big deal at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember, I, uh... like, my personal experience with it was we had an aunt. I had an aunt who was very concerned about it, mm-hmm. and uh, she actually sat and listened to us play a game, and she was so bored and confused the entire time. <laughs> like she laughed and she's like there's nothing satanic going on there they're just nerdy <laughs> uh, I actually had a friend in high school my best friend I had taken him out to play D&D and we went out it took him out a few times and I guess his parents caught word and he wasn't allowed to come anymore because he had magic and magic is evil I'm like I know his parents they are not stupid people like this what is happening it was just something they had kind of grown up around of assuming it was a bad thing so well i remember when the uh i don't know if you guys remember the menendez brothers who killed their parents Mm -hmm. like uh one of their defenses was that they were led down the wrong path by dungeons and dragons and confused reality with fantasy and like (laughs) people were afraid that rpg players were going to kill their parents and yeah, it was. When I tell my parents I have to slay a bugbear. I don't have time to deal with my parents. <laughs> Do you know how little XP a tax accountant is worth? <laughs> like seriously, it's not even worth the effort. <laughs> Unless you kill enough of them. Um. Anyway, uh, don't don't kill your parents, kids. No. Uh, I mean this from the heart. Also, uh, don't kill tax accountants. They're helpful. Yes. They, they they just want they, they just want to keep you out of jail. Like you be nice to them. <laughs> surprise! We have a surprisingly no kill policy on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, you know, I'll 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 take this brave stance right here. We are against encouraging our listeners to murder people. Yep, we'll put that out there. <laughs> so brave, so brave. Um, okay, so it's my turn. Uh, my favorite gaming movie is uh actually an animated movie. Um, I know, big surprise given like some of the selections I mentioned earlier, but it was called Flight of Dragons, and I don't know Ooh. if either of you guys ever saw it, but it was actually a made-for-TV movie, and uh, it was based on a book. The, the basic story is that uh, there are four brothers of magic, and one of them's evil, and 
uh, they all notice that magic is losing its power as technology takes over the world. And this is like in medieval times. So they come together and the evil brother's like, well, I'm just going to use black magic to terrify humans so that they'll respect magic forever. And that's how I'm going to win and left. Yeah. And the other brothers were like, yeah, you know, magic probably shouldn't be used for that. So they, uh, have to find they, they aren't allowed to directly war on each other because of the rules of this world so they have to uh inspire a quest so they have to find a hero and the person happens to be a guy from like the 1960s in london um okay so they bring him back and due to an accident he ends up getting like merged with a dragon so the movie is about them trying to do this quest and him trying to learn how to be a dragon like learning how to fly, how to how to shoot fire, like all of that stuff. Uh, so an Austin Powers dragon. All right. Yeah, almost. It was super fun. It was uh the voice. I can't remember the actor's name. The voice of the main character was the guy who was the lead in Three's Company. John Ritter. Yes, John Ritter was the voice of the hero in it, and oh. for some reason, John Ritter's voice coming out of a dragon is just hilarious to me. <laughs> All right. I've never heard of that. But so. yeah, it's available. I got it on DVD from Amazon. I think you can also buy it like uh, to view on Prime Direct. I don't think it's on any of the streaming services yet, though. Mm. Um, also, uh, you know, I think that there are other less savory ways to find it online, <laughs> mm. which, you know, I think is always the case. But uh I think that we've done a pretty thorough job on movies. Like, what do we think? Gaming, TV shows, and video games? You guys want to touch on that, too? Uh, let me just rattle off a couple movies real quick that I highly encourage for people to watch. Uh, real quick, Conan the Barbarian. Great. Uh, the Lord of the Rings. Of course. The more extended version, the better. Crawl. Uh, Crawl. Oh, man. Uh, Dragon Slayer, the movie from the 80s with Peter McNichol as the main character. You got Beastmaster uh, on there? I didn't put Beastmaster on here, no. Oh, you gotta have Beastmaster. <laughs> Alright. Beastmaster. Uh, and then, of course, I think that's it for my movies, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, there are some great choices in there. Like, the old Conan the Barbarian was one of my favorites growing up. Like, mm -hmm. Not sure it was appropriate for a child, but, you know, here we are. No, not. I Might be a little problematic today a bit but I think we have to keep in mind that all these movies were made in like the 80s and they were a product of their time and, and cocaine yeah <laughs> a lot of cocaine okay let's throw maximum overdrive in there too if we're gonna talk about movies made due to a lot of cocaine <laughs> fair enough uh, uh, that's it for me on movies actually just detouring for a second maximum overdrive movie have you seen it with the big goblin semi truck no. One of one of my favorite movies. One of uh, I think it's just uh, height of cinema. <laughs> if you look on Instagram, somebody actually found like the old like decaying, decrepit semi truck from that movie, like out in the oh. wild. So like just... they just like I can't imagine if somebody hadn't seen the movie, the context for this. Like you're just walking around in the woods, and you find this semi truck that has like a scary like jester goblin face on the front of it yeah he was very uh green goblin from uh 
from the Spider-Man. Yeah, from the Spider from the Spider-Man place. From the Spider-Man. <laughs> from the Spider-Man, you know, the Spider-Man. So, do you have a, a thought on a gaming t- uh, TV show? Uh, um, Game of Thrones is all right. It's pretty good. I don't know if I play or run a, a Game of Thrones ish game. I played in one, uh, like a literally Game of Thrones role playing game. It didn't go well. You know, I feel almost <laughs> like that would be a great like homebrew birthright game. A bit, except for for whatever reason in my current gaming circle, I seem to be the only person who cares about kingdom building, I guess. Um, really? Because sad. Brandon Bushline harasses me about Kingmaker like at least once or twice a year. <laughs> uh, Bob, I'm talking about my other gaming group. Oh, okay. My, 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 my regular gaming group. That other one is kind of like my, my side project. But my main gaming group and at the time, I mean, I was the head of the of our small little upstart house, and I started making money moves. And the, the guy, my friend who was running it, was not having it, and it it ooh, it backfired real quick. But uh, the man runs a hell of a, a Star Trek game, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, other than that, TV show wise. Record of Lotus War, the old, you know, anime. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for. Yeah, Deedlit. Mm-hmm. I love me some Deedlit. For years, I thought their god of destruction was named Martha. Isn't it Marla or something? Marfa, with an F. Marfa, with the Mar. Yeah, but Slain is one of the coolest wizards. Um. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, I love the fact that, you know. Once the thief and the dwarf die off, all of a sudden there's now a barbarian and another thief joining the party. Isn't that weird? But uh, I know, right? Yeah, that works. Coincidence. And the fact that uh, the fact that it's actually based off of uh, the guy, the creators' games of D and D from back in the day. So that's kind of cool. I think you um, can tell too. Like that was yeah. a that was definitely a game from back when Elf was a class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it just I find that fascinating. Uh, other than that, I can't think of any TV shows. How about uh, you guys? The one that always jumps out to me, and it's more for modern games, is the X Files. It seems like it's like been uh-huh. the model for a lot of Call of Cthulhu games that I've been in or uh-huh. considered playing. Like any kind of episodic thing with uh, monsters and government conspiracies. Like it works really well for Monster of the Week too. Mm-hmm. As a man who've played in a very, very, very long and very, very involved conspiracy X campaign or game, it's it's good. It'll uh, it could be a bit much at times, but it, it's good. And yeah, that's I, a very good recommendation. I loved your Connex game that we played one time. <laughs> I have ran that game twice. That that exact scenario and the, the difference between what happened and how it. I think they both ended the exact same, but the way they got from you guys got from point A to point B was delightful. That's the best thing about gaming, though. Like you mm-hmm. never really know what your players are going to do, mm-hmm. so you get the surprise from them. Yep. 
I actually was thinking about you, John, because uh, I was listening to System Mastery, and they just did Umlaut, the uh, the game of heavy metal, uh, <laughs> where it's a role playing right. game where everyone plays their own heavy metal uh, band, trying to achieve right. stardom. And I would just love to see what your concept would be for your heavy metal band if we ever played that game. Uh, we actually toyed with this for a while in, uh, you know, Knights of the Dinner Table? Yes. You know, the game they play, Hackmaster? Mm-hmm. It's an actual game, and I've played, again, a lot of it because I bought it on a whim one day, and my friend Tommy was like, I want to run it. So we played it for 10 years. Um, and we'd always kind of joke about, you know, the other game that they play called Grunge Warriors, which is, you know, along the same lines. You have your own band and you have to go around like getting gigs and stuff. And I always we always kinda of talked about that. I said I wanted to be the sax master who played the saxophone. What about BA's uh game that he wrote, Dog, where you played a dog in an urban setting? Uh what about the Faith No More role playing game? How about that? <laughs> which is an actual thing. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what it's about. I don't think anybody does. But there's a Faith No More role-playing game. I kind of want to play the Wendy's role-playing game. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, it came out as a marketing stunt. I want to say Rodney mentioned it to me the first time. But it's a D&D game where you play people from Wendy's and you go after the other fast food franchises. <laughs> that sounds wonderful, actually. All right. Uh, Rodney, do you have any thoughts on TV shows that would make for a good role-playing game? The TV show Vikings uh, mm. that I watched uh, in the last couple years, uh, that would make a fantastic role-playing game because basically Vikings at that point when they're out on the ship looking, they're murder hobos and they're coming for your stuff. So <laughs> you, you've got some stuff to work with there. And uh, up to about the fifth season, it's a really good show. So I really love, there's this uh, little bit of historical text that goes around on Tumblr, not Tumblr, Instagram every so often. I'm sure it showed up on Tumblr too, um, where it was like statements about why the Vikings were ungodly. And one of them was that they keep themselves so clean that your women can't help but have sex with them. <laughs> I'm, I'm just speaking of Vikings, I actually uh, have in my possession GURPS Vikings, and uh, there's two pages just knocking down every single myth that you hear about Vikings. <laughs> Stuff like they had horns on their helmets, which wasn't true, and you know, that all of them were savage warriors, which wasn't true. Just, just kind of goes through that. So back to back to mentioning GURPS again <laughs> how do you have a system? somewhere bob fainted uh english bob our friend uh, brandon uh i i <laughs> what do you faint about GURPS. oh yes <laughs> uh, i really need to actually play a game of GURPS with all this shit i talk <laughs> <laughs> you'll feel you i think you'll play it and then you'll get done and be like i don't understand what all the hubbub was about that was actually pretty dull because <laughs> i think what will happen oh uh, it's funny but uh, i've never played gurps i've never seen gurps played all i've heard is people complain about it so yeah they complain about the math but didn't you want to play that star game where it had like realistic space combat 
uh, attack vector. Yeah, I think that's where it. it's space combat where you have to deal with like you know spatial drift and heat exhaust management, and it takes like twenty minutes of doing uh, you know some light arithmetic uh, to uh, not arithmetic, but some light uh, you know mathematics to get a firing vector before you can shoot a gun. Oh man, I'm I so guess. glad you specified there was mathematics instead of arithmetic. I'm sorry, it, technically it's physics, but it's light physics. <laughs> I love some light physics on my relaxing game night. <laughs> I know, right? I'd love to play it like once. I'm just uh, thinking about, I don't know if you guys remember, but in second ed, lightning bolt bounced. And, oh yeah. Like the people whipping out their protractor to try to figure out how many times their <laughs> lightning bolt could hit something if they bounced it off the wall. Oh. <sighs> You know what shut them up? A fireball. That'll do it. Someone bust out a protractor. I'm going to get snacks or use the bathroom or something for a while because it's mm -hmm. it's going to be like 20 minutes of uh, of uh, mechanics talk coming after that. Yeah, I, I know we're joking around, but you know sometimes it it can be fun to play a game that's like that crunchy and involved. At least for me. Yeah, it, yeah. It just depends. It depends what you want. If you got a group of players up into that, then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go for it. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just don't get to play enough that uh, spending time on that sort of thing feels useful. Like, yeah. that's kind of I only get one game me. this month. I only get one game this month. I don't want to do physics. So. <laughs> yeah, my thing has been I only get one game a month. I don't want to spend 45 minutes role playing with every shopkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,. I think we've kind of uh, degraded here from the topic to just uh, just uh, random visiting, which is great to talk to you guys. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I think we should work on some wrapping up here. Uh, John, last question. You could recommend one gaming movie, just one, to inspire a game. What do you recommend? Uh, the Gamer's Darkness Rising. It's, it's that simple. Uh, Rodney, what about you? Uh, I'm going to take John's answer from earlier and say, because I was going to mention it, Big Trouble in Little China. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay. I think that, uh, hmm, this makes me feel like I need to be different. I'm going to say The Postman, which, uh, <laughs> universally panned movie, but really good inspiration for riffs. I, uh, the, the setting on Postman is incredible. It's just the rest of the movie. <laughs> With Postmaster Ford Lincoln Mercury, yes. Exactly. Uh, a hero. And Tom Petty. He yeah. he used to be famous. Um, no, man, you're famous. So, fine. I threw my grenade at the end of the episode, so uh, if you guys want to <laughs> get back to us and uh, maybe tell me how awful my taste in movies is, you can find me at homebrewschmombrew.com or on Twitter at Schmombrew, which is at S-H-M-O-M-B-R-E-W. Uh, John, can they find you anywhere? Um, in, the, in, in the hearts and minds of young gamers everywhere, <laughs> where you see a, a first-level thief trying to pickpocket a city guard, I'll be there. <laughs> when you... you see a fighter in over his head kicking in the door where the dragon is, I'll be there. 
laughing. When you see a first level mage realize they don't have the drop of mercury to cast floating disc, I'll be there. I'll be there. And uh, no, I mean, horde gives you four platinum. <laughs> <laughs> <You'll be there. laughs> and Rodney, where can they find you? You can find me hanging out on Twitter under Dr. Zoggle. That's the Dr. Zoggle. That's D-R-Z-O-G-G-L-E. I'm also on Twitch under the same name and Steam under the same name and lots of things. And if you listen to this, please like and subscribe. As always, uh, we could use the stars. As I said in some other episodes, you know, it, it, you five stars. But, you know, if you're able, give us six stars, seven, eight, 38. You know, just keep going. Give us many stars you want. We'll love you forever. Thank you for that for that pandering. And uh, as usual, <laughs> uh, all of you listeners out there can add 150 experience points to your character sheet. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Goodbye. Adios. Bye.